Well, hey there. This is Jim. And I was just thinking. Out for a longer run today. It is a gorgeous clear blue sky. We're actually going to get somewhat seasonal weather today. Forecast for us is to eventually make it to like 61 degrees. So, still a couple degrees shy of where we should be. We should be mid-60s by now, but I saw a graphic from our local weather folk this morning how this spring my area here south central Pennsylvania we have had four count them four days that were sunny so far this spring yep yeah, I think the majority of days were called mostly cloudy. That was like 29 days, mostly cloudy. And then 16 cloudy days. So, being able to look up and see nothing but clouds, or excuse me, nothing but sun. Um, <clears throat> well, that has not been normal this spring. It's almost like this gloomy weather was made to order for uh, this uh, last month of stay at home, lockdown, quarantine, whatever phrase you want to use to describe this whole CB19 stuff. But it's just, just glorious to get out here and, and see the sun. So, I'm already in a good mood. But, there are lots of reasons to be in a good mood. One of those is that this is the end of a nine-day vacation from work. So, it's actually five days, five work days plus two weekends, bookending my vacation. So nine days of not having to go and sit in front of my computer all day. That's been amazing. That has been really, really good. So, all right. Finished my walk to the top of the big hill, which I just found out on Strava is a 12% grade. Yep, um, I'm used to it. Um, I was actually surprised it was that high. Let me just go ahead and turn my gym boss on. Good, ready, set, go. There we go. We're just gonna go and do a nice little trot today, but a longer trot today. I've been finding that my, my Galloway 10K training program definitely is not going to give me Boku miles. I'd like to at least get one day a week 
where I am. I'm doing more than uh, more than uh, like six miles. I'd like to at least do six miles. A lot of these have been like four, three and a half, two. You know, they've been rather short workouts, mileage-wise. And I'm sure this uh, training program will probably not have me doing a, a run too much longer than seven miles total. Maybe eight. It's Galloway. He likes he likes distance, so he might push it to eight. But probably not too much further than that. So, so there it is. I don't know if you're hearing the buzzing, but I've turned my gym boss down to vibrate only. And since I want to do a longer run today, I shortened up my intervals. And I'm doing 30-15, which I just heard Mr. Galloway say is what he used to qualify for Boston. Yeah, a 30-second run followed by a 15-second walk. He used that to qualify for Boston. So, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he had to keep like a nine and change mile, which is way faster than what Mr. Galloway normally does now. Um, so, and that's my plan at some point is to go and qualify for Boston, but I've never made any bones about the fact that I'm not going to worry about that until I hit 60. Boston's just way too fast for me right now. So, I'll wait till I'm 60s, and then I can uh, take advantage of the slower time. Again, it's not slow. Nothing for qualify for Boston is slow, but yep, that was one of Galloway's tricks, if you will. Wait a bit, especially if you're not a freak of nature and already able to run, say, a three and a half hour marathon. Just wait it out until the qualifying time slows up to where you can work hard enough to meet it. Well, that's the thing. I think, I think for me, and I'm early mid fifties right now. I think it's still like 325 or some such thing like that. It's still pretty quick. Um, so <clears throat> that's more than an hour faster for a marathon than I've ever done in my life. So that's a lot of time to try to make up. So now I think we'll wait until it's a four-hour marathon. So, that's the plans for that. So, anyway, calling this the new normal. Because without talking about all things CV19, because you hear too much of it, right? So do I. I would like to know the last month 
some people maybe five weeks. Do you have any new habits? Things that you do um, that you weren't doing before that are now just part of your routine. You don't even think about them anymore. You know, I hear this term, the new normal, being bandied about lots of places. Of course, you know, the news is more than happy to come out with, you know, this is going to be the new normal. Well, I mean, that's silly, you know. There's no way you can tell me what's going to be normal. Um, you know? I mean, unless you get in a time machine and you go forward in time and you see what people do, there's no way for you to know what's going to be the new normal. All right? There's so much anthropological, sociological stuff that has to go in there. But let's face it, for something to be normal, it has to be accepted. And there's no way for you to know ahead of time what society will or will not accept. Right? So, no way to say something is going to be the norm. There's no way to know that. So, yes, exactly. There you are. Got a little honk of uh, support there. So, I've heard that, and I've heard some other people talking about things that they're doing. It's, well, this is just the new norm. Which, you know, also got me thinking. Yeah, it's a curious phrase. It's been around for a while. You know? I mean, certainly 30 years anyway. People have saying, well, this is just the new normal. You know? You know? 50 is the new 30. You know, things like that, right? But... When you think about the phrase, it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Because something cannot be new and normal at the same time, can it? Because the point of something being normal is it's something that you don't think about. It's just, you've been doing it for a while. I don't even think about it, you know? Um, it's just what I do, right? And by definition, that would exclude anything that's new. And that's number one. So it's hard to say something is new and normal. Because, of course, if it's new, it's not integrated into who you are yet. It's not your norm. It's that new thing you do. So there's that. And the other part of uh, something being normal is bust up this hill here um, again it has to be something that you expect is going to continue indefinitely or at least for a good period of time so you know I uh, I get up we have to take care of animals that live in a barn in the back of our house. Um, that's just the norm. I expect that is going to continue for at least into the foreseeable future. 
So several years, I don't expect to see any major changes. I could go on a big tangent on that topic and say, hey, now would be a good time to start ramping down from being old McDonald had a farm since my wife and I are approaching our mid-50s and uh, kind of putting some of that money away for retirement and getting some more bills paid up so we can be completely debt-free. We're not doing bad, but you know, you can certainly make the argument that we're operating a small farm. There are several thousand dollars right there that could go to uh, you know, other things. So, that's a whole other tangent. A whole other podcast. And, uh, ain't going to happen in the next 10 years. I can guarantee you that. My wife is only at the uh, beginning stages of contemplating life without something large living in the backyard. I think we'll get there. I think we'll be I think we'll be into our mid-60s before that happens. So, who knows? Who knows, right? But, yeah. So, uh, where this all comes to this current situation, I mean, hard to say anything. Frankly, I would even go further and say, it's impossible to say anything we're doing right now is a new normal. Because... I mean, who really expects this is going to go the rest of the year? Certainly not me. So, I think it's definitely going to go longer than we thought originally, but I mean, all signs right now are that we are back to where we were at the end of last year by this summer. So, so thus, things that we're doing now, that some folks are saying, well, this is just the new normal, will no longer be the new normal. And thus, since they're temporary, they can't be the norm, can they? Because we know they're temporary. They're not going to be here forever. As soon as, this is, as things change, which we expect them to, we're going to go back to the actual norm. So for right now, it's just that new thing we do. Um, remember having that feeling one day driving home to my mom's house. And uh, we had lived down here for a little while. And uh, of course, when we first moved, You know, down here was the new place, you know, so, you know, the grocery stores had different names. The roads were, had different names. It's some slightly different traffic laws down here. And, uh, you know, 
You even got yourself to believing that the people look a little different down here. I don't, but, you know. Actually, it's true, not true. They do look different down here. Um, generally speaking, especially in the summertime, they look a lot more tanned down here than back home in Syracuse. So, people still manage to stay somewhat pale until well into the end of the summer in Syracuse. Where here, we got lots of days like this. I mean, there's plenty of years. I go into June with the suntan that I would be leaving August with in Syracuse. So, and then of course you just get even darker from there. So, so yeah, I guess there is a bit of a difference there. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like, huh, it's really just kind of interesting how that turns out. So, so yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to call anything right now a new normal. Since again, I find the term oxymoronic. So, actually, is oxymoronic the term I want? No, it's actually not oxymoronic. Uh, oxymoronic would be like round circle. Um, uh, you know, that would be oxymoronic. Um, it's more contradictory, I guess. You know, it cannot be normal and new. If you consider it new, then it's not the norm yet. You've not integrated it into what you just do. You have to think about it. I think that's where this is all going. So I guess my question for you is, have you picked up any habits that you don't have to think about anymore? You just expect to do. I know uh, I have found um, planks in the morning. Uh, that is a new habit that I have picked up. My buddy and former coach, Chris Twiggs, threw it up as a challenge on Facebook to see if he, how long people could do a plank. I was very pleased I made it all the way to three minutes, which is a long plank. Um, I think so anyway. And uh, that challenge will actually wrap up this Tuesday with people who uh, finished the entire plank doing at least a four and a half minute plank. So, yep. So, uh, yep. I had to tap out it at the three and a half mark. I could not make it to three and a half. I can only make it to three minutes and five seconds. But those last 35 seconds were excruciating. They were very hard. So I have dialed that back now to just a two and a half minute plank for the remainder of this week and all of next week. And then I will push it up from there to a uh, two or three minute plank for two weeks and get to where that feels a little bit more um, 
normal, right? Built my strength up a little bit slower than this plank challenge was. Because only 30 days for the entire challenge, and you started off with 20 seconds, and then you finish with as long as you can go. And of course, the day before that last day, you had to do a four and a half minute plank, so you should be able to do at least four and a half minutes at that point. So, yep, all right, we're gonna skip a walk break, or excuse me, skip a run break, and take a drink break. This is a run right here, okay, and a little sip of some tailwind as our wind currently comes from the uh, southwest, which is good news. means warmer weather, or at least seasonable weather. All right, so there is Here's my, this is my actual walk break. We'll get back on track again. I think I uh, got them switched around, but it doesn't matter. I'm trying to do this one easy today. So there we go, all right, back on it. So that's one. I definitely needed help with core workouts, I just hate doing them. Um, you know, generally speaking, I can kind of keep that up for about 10 days and then it's gone. Well, I mean, now, I mean, that plank challenge, I think, is on day 27, I think, 28, right now. So I've made it that far. Uh, just didn't make it to the level the plank challenge wanted, but I'm keeping it up. And when the plank challenge ends, I'm gonna keep going. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep on going. And my goal eventually is to get to being able to do a five minute plank. And we'll reassess there. Speaking of other things that I've just tried out. So I've mentioned before my love of the Zero Shoes company. Um, I'm, of course, wearing their Prios right now. Um, one thing that I had noticed for my feet, when I first put on a pair of Zero Shoes, not the sandals, but the actual shoes, is that my great toe, or big toe, as some people would call it, always feels like it's being crowded at the top. Like there isn't enough, it's the wrong phrase, but enough headroom for my big toe. Now after about a week and a half, that goes away and then it feels perfectly fine. But when I first got them, I didn't know that was gonna happen because I had first got them, right? So they have a removable um, sole you can pull out and then you have even more of a barefoot feel and I found that was just enough space that I needed that my, my toes actually felt good so for all this time until today 
I have been running Salons, that little insert. Well, I put them away because I wanted to keep them. Because I figured I might want them later. And I think they were in a box that ended up going to uh, the recycling bin. So I lost them. And they're not the kind of thing you can just call a shoe company up and say, hey, can I have more of those insoles? Um, I don't think they sell them as just that. Not seen it anyway. Well, in February, I got a pair of their, uh, their Oxford shoes. Because I wanted to have something that actually looked a little more like a shoe. Because I was wearing my Prios everywhere. Wearing them to work, wearing them to the store, wearing them to run. I was in them constantly. That's how much I like them. So, but it's less formal for work. Not that, that was a huge issue. I'm not in a boardroom, but kind of wanted to look a little bit more formal. So I got these Oxfords, um, which I've talked about before, and they have the same insole. And since Zero Shoes is very good about their sizing, my size 10 Oxfords aren't exactly the same size as my size 10 Prios. There's no difference between the two. Size 10 is size 10, which is what my foot really is. So I was able to pull those insoles out today, stick them into these shoes, and I find it's just enough extra um, protection. Wouldn't call it a cushion. I'd call it protection. Um, that they do feel slightly more comfortable. I can still feel the road underneath me. Um, I guess I would put it like if you were to put in a pair of, say, foam earplugs. You know, it's only going to cut down like 25 decibels. You can still hear, but the really obnoxious sounds get knocked down. Kind of the same thing with your feet. So I can still feel all the road gravel under my feet, which there is plenty of. But I don't feel the obnoxious rocks and stones to the uh, extent that I did previously. Still feel them, but not to the extent. I definitely like this better. I was thinking about that when I, I put on my sandals, my Z-Track sandals, which, because they're supposed to be, excuse me, Z-Trail sandals. Z-Track is the other one. Z-Trail, which of course, since it's supposed to be a trail sandal, has a little bit more uh, again, wouldn't call it cushion, I'd call it protection, considering the, uh, the terrain you're going to be on. So, and I love those shoes, I put those on. And of course, since they're a sandal, there was no headroom issues for the big toe, because it's open. It's a Hirachi sandal. So, felt good immediately. So, 
since I'm probably not wearing my Oxfords anytime soon, certainly not until May 15th at last word, um, I'm just going to wear these in uh, my running shoes. to return to work I always pull these out stick them in my shoes for work <clears throat> maybe I will go ahead and send zero shoes an email and say hey any chance you have any more of these insoles in a size 10 sitting around that uh, I could have or pay for I don't know. We'll see what we'll see, right? So, doing that definitely feels much better. Um, noticeable improvement there. Uh, what else? Uh, my wife has got us on um, apple cider vinegar. And while we do have the liquid version, which she can stomach and I can't, I, I ugh, can't swallow the stuff. Makes me gag. Um, she found this same substance in a gummy, uh, which, if you're a fan of the Ellen DeGeneres program, she's actually talked about them. Apparently, she uses them. Um, so, and again, they're supposed to help you with uh, fat, you know, losing fat, which is why my wife started because she is really trying to work on her overall image as far as her weight and uh, it's always easier to do something that's new if you have somebody to do it with you you know you're gonna try a new habit whether it's a, well for that matter whether it's a whether it's a good habit or a bad habit it works the same way it's easier if you have a buddy to do it with you, so so I got uh, I got drafted to go do this challenge. Well, not challenge this new lifestyle with her. So I definitely have some spare tire stuff that I could uh, I could happily part with. So that running doesn't seem to get rid of. So maybe between the uh, the core workouts and uh, and these gummies, maybe we'll start to see uh, some changes there. But we've been doing this for better part of two months, um, and uh, it's still a little on the new side, but it's starting to uh, starting to get to that point. Where uh, where I just get up and grab the bottle and dump it out and chew on two of these things before I start my day without really thinking about it. So there you go. Uh, saying that I was thinking about a conversation I had started and then got sidetracked on and it was um, again I was driving home to my mom's 
And uh, like I said, we'd live down here now for oh, probably at least two years. And I remember crossing the, uh, the Pennsylvania New York line where certainly for the first year it still felt like you were going home right because New York was the state I lived in from the time I was five until I was 34 when we left so 34 and a half, so almost 30 years. So that had definitely been the norm living in New York State. So, of course, crossing the border back into that was like, oh, okay, I'm on my way home. And I still felt that way, you know, and certainly for a year, maybe a little longer than a year. You know, I'd come back and visit friends who still lived in the area when I was visiting my mom and my dad. And, you know, we'd go to restaurants and it's like, oh, yeah. This is that restaurant we always go to, or this is that place we always go to. This is that bowling alley we would go to to uh, hang out on a on a Saturday night and uh, pretend we knew what we were doing when it came to bowling. I'm basically doing a lot more messing around than actual bowling, and. Uh, I crossed the line into New York and I was like, huh, well, I've just left my state. Literally, that thought just hit me, you know? New York was no longer in my state. It was, Pennsylvania was my state. And I was like, oh, I've just left. And then, you know, go places and there were some memories attached to it because I, you know, I've been there numbers of t- number of times, but, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, things would have changed because of course you're not looking at it all the time and uh, so you go when did this building get here you know my mom like oh that's been there for a while and it probably hadn't she just it's been there for six months and she's just used to it right that's her norm and uh, I'm like really I don't remember that here the last time I was here and she'd be like oh well maybe it wasn't but yeah, it's been there a while. So, yeah. And now, of course, I go up to visit. Which, hopefully, will be in June for her birthday. As long as we're done with all this stuff. Um, I mean, there's entire streets now that I don't even recognize anymore. Because there's so much stuff on them. I was like, wait a minute. This is farmland. What's all this? You know? When did this business get here? When did these houses get here? Um, Where did all these people come from? Because the uh, town I grew up in was what I like to refer to as rural suburban. (laughs) So, it was a suburb, but still a fair amount of rural area. Partially because 
uh, a good section of it was swamp. You can't build anything on the swamp unless you're in Monty Python, and then you build a castle in it, which of course will fall over and sink into the swamp. And then you build another one, and that'll fall over and sink into the swamp. And then you build a third one, which will burn down, fall over, and sink into the swamp. But the fourth one will stay up. Yes, it will. So, so, there was that, but then there was, you know, there were still farms. I remember, it was the Dixon farm. Mr. Dixon, who had a farm that was almost directly across the street from my high school. Now, if you passed the Dixon's farm, they had a dairy farm, because New York's big for dairy, and uh, they, uh, and then probably maybe a quarter mile later, after you pass Mr. Dixon's farm, we ended up making a left into the high school. So not far away. But yeah, all that stuff's all that stuff's gone now, so and of course I drive around here and now this is what feels like you know, what feels like home, what feels like what's normal. But this December, my wife and I will have been here for 20 years. So, yep, this December 29th will be 20 years to the day that we started calling this area our home. So, and it will be our home for at least another 10. We are discussing getting a smaller house for when we retire, doesn't have a lot to take care of. You know, something like a two bedroom. So there's only two of us. In case somebody decides to stop by, we have a place for them. Um, you know, and you know, on a postage stamp as far as property goes. So, you know, something a half an hour with a push mower will take care of. Um, and who knows by then? It might even be an electric push mower. You know? They might get efficient enough. And it's not even a gas mower anymore. It's just, you know, plug your mower in and, you know, do that. And of course, there would also be someplace further south. We're not dealing with the cold anymore because again my wife and I and we went to uh, we went to Florida last December and surprise surprise she loved West Central Florida so I think that's probably high on the list she's still talking about trying to go back there um, so I think we will this year at some point but she was also talking about the uh, southeast Georgia coast, just about a, an hour north of Coast Chris in Jacksonville. So, 
So be in the neighborhood then. So, you know, someplace like that. You know, and, you know, that would be the retiring area. So we'll see. Lots of thoughts. We'll see where we are in about five years. So there you are, so though anything else that's new. Oh, and the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which is fine, just so weird. So I mentioned I'm on a finishing up a nine-day vacation, which has been great. Alright? And and yet tomorrow is gonna start exactly the same way. It's my day every day for the last four weeks has started. I'm going to wake up without an alarm because I don't need to travel to Baltimore to go to work. I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And uh, so when I wake up, I wake up, which will be probably sometime between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning like it was today, and uh, I will, you know, get up, coffee, you know, putz around for about a half an hour until I really wake up, and the coffee helps a bit. Um, And then just take care of some morning stuff around the house until I need to sit in front of my computer at about 7.40 in the morning and be ready to be at work at 8. And of course, you know, if I need to take a break, I literally will be walking across the hallway into our hallway bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom, take a bio break, or down the hallway to the kitchen. I need to go to grab a snack or a second cup of coffee or maybe, uh, you know, refill my water bottle because I am really trying to make hydration a new normal for me. There's that phrase again, right? Um, getting better at it, but it's just it's not something I do well, so work in progress so anyway um what else you know and so in in some respects i mean work at least for next week and on through may the 15th with the exception of actually have to sit in front of a computer and do some work it doesn't look any different than my vacation did you know still at my house i'm uh you know, still looking at the same stuff. So it's a little bizarre, you know, where, you know, normally I'd be going, all right, I'm gonna have to get up early tomorrow and grab my shower and, you know, head out the door and be on the road by 5.30 so I can be at my work, work site by seven and, uh, 
and have my second cup of coffee and you know get my room set up for class and uh, be in the room by 7.30 because most people don't show up any earlier than about a half an hour early. Every once in a while you'll have an early bird that'll show up at 7.15 for the most part though. Eight o'clock classes, people tend to roll in usually somewhere between 10 of and 10 after. So, tends to be the, uh, the expectation. Well, uh, tends to be what happens. Obviously, arriving on time is the expectation. But, yeah. That's all it is, though. Okay, can't here. So, You know, and then of course when the day's over, it's all right. Pack up my stuff, clean up my room, maybe do a couple of things at my desk in our office. Say goodbye to my coworkers, hop in the car, and make the the long drive back home, and then uh, hope that there's still enough daylight that I can get a run in. Of course, tomorrow, when I'm done, I turn the computer off <laughs> and I leave the room. Done. Right so, so it's definitely very, very odd. Um, so, so we'll see what we will see. Um, but today, sun's out. It's a gorgeous day. Um, I think I'm managing these 3015s. Um, be anxious to see if I actually run faster with this shorter um, cycle. I mentioned for my 10k, if you look it up, on the Galloway's website at jeffgalloway.com. Um, he's got a table. So if your finish time for this race is this, here's what your ratio should be. And again, with the understanding that, you know, you can vary it a bit, but certainly what he's found, this t tends to be the ratio that works the best for most people. So it's likely to work for you. I'm gonna take an extra break here, get some more water, because I think I'm coming to the point where I no longer need these gloves. Um, again, it was like 37 when I started, but it's gonna warm up quick today. Wouldn't be surprised if it was like 51 when I finish, so. All right, and let's see what we got here. Three more seconds of my run. There's my run. Now we're actually in the walk. So when it buzzes again, we'll go again. Um, but yeah, so for uh, a 53 minute 10K, um, the suggestion is three minutes running and 30 seconds walking, all right? 
So I've used that for um, for a couple of just long runs just to kind of get used to the idea of what's that feel like. And I've noticed that my my times tend to hang out in the 12s, 1215, 12:30, 12:20. And you know, some of that I was actually trying to run quickly or quicker. Where today I'm trying to keep it at a nice comfortable talking pace, which should be zone two. That's what zone two should always be, where you can have a nice conversation. What you're doing should be a zone two area for it. Once you get into zone three, you start to do the, you know, say a word, take a deep breath, say another word or two, take a deep breath. And of course, once you get to zone four, you're good, but you're not talking anymore. Of course, zone five, you're huffing and puffing like crazy. It's an easy way to kind of gauge what zone you're in if you don't have a fancy watch that's going to tell you that. So, it's a good little cheat. <coughs> so, anyway, so this should be mostly zone two here. With the exception of the hills. That might have pushed me into a low zone three. But anyway. So I'd be curious to see what my overall pace has been. Because, you know, I've been looking down a couple of times and seeing, you know, a running pace of like 940, 920. Um, in fact, do this. Pop this down a bit. So, on my initial screen on my watch, it of course will give me distance, total distance, um, it'll give me total time, and then it'll give me a pace. Of course, the pace is what I'm doing currently. This here is going to give me distance uh, in the current mile, so I'm at 0.94 of this mile. So I'm coming up on a mile mark again. And at the bottom, it'll give me an overall pace. So it'll include my walking and my running, which right now is 12.12. So, yeah. 12.12. And I'm definitely not not breaking into uh, zone 3, or at least not much. Definitely no zone 4 in this. So, yeah, there you go. Alright. There was mile 4. So good stuff, good stuff. All right. Well, I think that's enough for my check-in. Hope you're all doing well. Hope uh, this octave of Easter 
what today is. It's the octave of Easter. Eight days after Easter Sunday. Unless, of course, you are um, using the Julian calendar. In which case, like you're Russian, Russian Orthodox or Ukrainian Catholic. In which case, happy Easter. Today is Easter for you. For most folks, it is the octave of Easter. So, there you go. So, um, yeah, we're definitely approaching a lull here. So, before we go uh, smack dab into, I'm just going to talk and just say nonsense because I don't really know what to say. Um, where I'm going. Let's just call this a show. Shut it down. And I'll just enjoy the quiet for the remainder of my run. So, thanks again for dropping by. And until we speak again, you take care.